You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. As a therapist, how you communicate with clients online is just as important as how you communicate in your sessions. If you use email and web forms, they need to be secure and HIPAA compliant. Hushmail takes the guesswork out of secure communication by providing encrypted email, web forms, and e-signatures all in one HIPAA compliant package. Are you still using paper forms or sending your clients PDFs that they have to print out, fill out, and scan back? Online forms will save you a ton of time, not to mention make things easier for your clients. With Hush Secure Forms, you can start with a template and customize it to reflect your practice, or use the drag-and-drop form builder to build forms from scratch with fields for e-signatures. Add the forms to your website or send them through secure email. Hush Secure Forms also include screening forms such as the PHQ-9 Depression Screening that delivers a score upon completion. They also have a good faith estimate template to ensure you're in compliance with the No Surprises Act. Move your intake, informed consent, health history, and other practice forms to Hush Secure Forms. Your clients will spend less time in the waiting room and more time getting the care that they need. Go to try.hushmail.com backslash all things and enjoy the first month of your plan for free. Hey, everyone, you are listening to another episode of the All Things Private Practice Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Casal, coming today from sunny St. Pete, Florida. And I am joined by a friend and colleague of mine, a force in the industry, Marquita Johnson. She is an LPC in Georgia, dating coach, therapist, motivational speaker, business speaker, and also a author. So I'm really happy to have you here. That's pretty incredible considering we're going to talk about solo mompreneurs and solo parentpreneurs and also imposter syndrome and all the other things that you want to talk about. Well, thank you so much, Patrick, for having me. I'm excited to talk about all the things. So just like all the things private practice, I'm excited to talk about all the things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that one of the things you want to talk about is introversion and how a lot of things can be superpowers and kryptonites almost, especially doing all the things that you're offering, I imagine that can get very exhausting and, and energy conserving and just being really protective of your energy is really important for you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think starting out, I'm a shining object syndrome type of gas. So I think you're really like, Ooh, look at that. Ooh, that's interesting. But I, I learned to like really focus. And when I started to focus my private practice on like millennials and servicing like specialty millennials that really like spoke to me. And then I kind of went from that era, like everything millennials. So dealing with like dating, relationships, career, and just where they are at that, you know, juncture in their lives, I found to be fascinating. I'm millennial-ish, you know, so I'm right at like at that end kind of holding on. But uh, <laughs> conserving your energy is important, especially in being a therapist and what we do. I think I learned it later. In my career, uh, I wish I knew it sooner, but the, the good thing about that is, you know, experience can be a great teacher. And, you know, 
anytime you learn it, it's good as, as opposed to not learning it. So I've learned how to really lean into self-care and manage my expectations. Like that's been a thing for the last like three or four years for me um, because I found it wasn't people really putting all these expectations. It was me putting expectations on myself. And so, um, and just really navigating that and being honest with myself about what I needed and what I wanted at the time. And then really managing that has been helpful to conserve my energy. That's really well said. And I imagine you need to conserve your energy with all of the things that you're doing. You're also a single parent. And Talk to us about what that's like as an entrepreneur who's juggling these businesses and all of these things and traveling and then also being a mom. Yeah, um, it's the real thing. You know, <laughs> mommyhood is like full time. It never stops. Even when I'm out of town, I'm like FaceTiming, checking the ring to make sure he's out the door. Uh, interesting <laughs> enough, he does a lot better when I'm away from home. So I don't know what what, what does that say? Uh <laughs> But I think it's good for both of us. Um, it's that healthy dynamic of the relationship and modeling, like going after your dreams. And um, I can recall my son doing a project a couple of years ago about the person, you know, that he was like most proud of and admire. And he put me on there and was like, I'm I'm proud of you, mommy, for starting your own business. And I was just thinking like, wow, um, just to think like your child has this blueprint too, if that's something that they want to go after you know, as far as their life goal, then they see like, hey, it's possible. But it does take a lot of, um, you know, balancing and and juggling things. And um, I always give the example of recognizing what's glass and, and rubber balls when I'm drug juggling. And um, glass is me and my family and rubber is pretty much everything else. So <laughs> um, right. I try to like maintain it in that way. Like, okay, um, I don't want to drop myself or my son. Um, and so like everything else becomes rubber. So sometimes I may not make, you know, this amount of money because my greater yes is to making my son's football game or getting our movie nights and, you know, hanging out. So really it's about prioritizing for me. That sounds like a balancing act and really trying to have intentionality behind how you schedule your time and, and what feels most important for you. and. I want to circle back. Like you said, he wrote, he's told his class that you're a hero to him. You're, you're a huge influence. And how, how did that hit home when you heard that? I think it, for me, it brought the realization of what I was doing because I'm a kind of person that I just kind of do it. And then later I'm like, oh, wow, that was pretty cool. Like it was neat. <laughs> but in the moment, I'm not thinking like, oh yeah, I'm really like, breaking, you know, the stigma and barriers and things of this sort. And it was just like, I'm just doing this thing. And really entrepreneurship came out of being a parent for me. It was a necessity. Uh, and I was just talking to uh, someone the other day about this is I got tired of asking my job for time off with my son. Like it, it became like I'm at work, but I have to like choose work over my son. And, and that made me feel like awful because I'm servicing other people and being present for them, but I couldn't make it to Muffins um, with moms for my son. And it was just like, but I want to be there for Muffins and moms. Like, I really like them too. Um, <laughs> and so it really just, for me, pushed me to entrepreneurship. Um, I was like, I can't, this tension and, and, you know, that I'm feeling, I can't feel that when I'm sitting with someone else, helping them get through their issues and crisis. But I'm like, you know, not present for my own kid. And 
that was just really important to me to be around for all the moments. And and so he can have those memories. And I, I wanted to be a part of that. And uh, for me, it just made it that push that more evident. And so I like it pushed me to entrepreneurship. Motherhood did that for me. Like it was like my freedom was worth like more. Wow. That sounds like such a powerful, powerful catalyst and realization to say, these are my priorities and I can't do these if I'm working nine to five every single day and have to have permission to just step away for the things that are so important, which is ridiculous. How did you, it sounds like that's how you decided to kind of leap into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Was there fear there? Was there, you know, a lot of imposter syndrome of like, I'm a single parent, this has to work? Right. It was kind of like, uh, you know, um, this is a shot and I didn't have a backup system. So um, that was a lot of fear. And I am like a calculator risk taker. I'm not a risk taker. Like, yeah, I'm betting it all. I'm kind of like, I'll bet some of it, but I need to have like this cushion. (laughs) So it was really super risky. And the interesting thing was um, I was making the most money I made like in my life at that particular job. And I went to another job and took like a pay cut that was, you know, 10,000 plus dollars. And that was like, what are you doing? Like, you really aren't making a ton, you know, to make sure that the household is afloat, but you're going to take a pay cut? Like, really? Just doesn't make sense. And, you know, for me, it was just really trusting that I could make something happen. Like, I didn't know how, um, but I just knew, like, if I stuck with it and, I could eventually like do something with it. And so it was really like trusting myself and and uh, just looking at my history of like, okay, you've done things like you, you know, I did kind of the core beliefs that core values, like, okay, you, you've got yourself out of tough, you know, situations before and uh, wanting more for my son. And, and again, to me, it was truly about that freedom and feeling like I had all these skills and I wasn't really growing too. So I felt really like, stagnant in my career. I was working a job and just like every day going in and I could see the people on the little commuter bus at like 70 and 80. And they were like, I was like, there's no way this can be my life. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, if this is my life, like, I don't know. And so it really like propelled me to say like there are ideas and things that I wanted to do in the field that I didn't really see being done. But I was like, hey, let's just try Like, if it doesn't work, that's fine. But, you know, you will regret the chances that you don't take. So I was like, let's do it. That's really beautifully said and so powerful for people to hear to just take that risk. And I do think that's what being an entrepreneur is, right? Like we are taking risks. We're stepping into some uncertainty and unknown and we're creative in terms of how to figure it out. And it sounds like that was your process. And when you do that and you decide, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure this out. What's your blueprint at first? Is it just kind of flying by the seat of your pants? Like, I'm going to start a private practice. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm going to figure it out. Uh, something like that. Uh, like, I'm the person that builds the thing after it's like, oh, yeah, like, let's let's do this. So um, I started to, like, seek out connections with other people that were doing the things that I wanted to do. Like, that was in- important to me to, like, to see somebody or someone like doing the things uh, that I was interested in putting myself in the right position. So I started being less focused on like um, money and, um, you know, like uh, 
job titles and things like that and started looking at my collective experience of the various places that I work. And then I said, Marquita, if there's not a like job title, like just create one because I can't do just one thing. So I was like, <laughs> doing one thing is just so like stagnant and like uh, restricting for me. And so I was like, I can't imagine like just being in private practice either. And it was like, well, who said you had to do that only? And so I was like, oh, so a part of it too was me giving myself permission to like really dream and really create something beyond even what I imagined. So that intentionality to surround myself with people, to expose myself to different opportunities and just really embrace the uncertainty that you talked about. I really leaned into it and I would say I hugged it out. So I like gave it a bear hug. And I was just like, we're in it, you know, to win it. So it, and amazingly enough, like people are drawn to that and like being yourself and just, you know, embracing the journey, I think really helped me manage the fear and uncertainty and surrounding myself with other, other entrepreneurs, listening to like uh, audibles and just really uh, engrossing myself in a lot of things regarding entrepreneurships and creatives and going to conferences and putting myself out there, which was really scary because I'm different. (laughs) (laughs) I'm different. So yeah, that was, I think that was the scariest part is like, uh, because your energy, as you talked about, like I get very, you know, aware of like my energy and I'm like, I don't want to put myself out there to all these like strangers. In the back of my mind, I had my grandma like, are you meeting people on the internet? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I've met people on the internet. So yeah, it was like, I don't know these people for real, but those individuals I met, I've made some of the best connections, you know, over the internet and Facebook groups, therapy groups, outside of therapy groups. So just really like leaning into all of my resources that are at my fingertips. I hope everyone that's listening is really taking that in, especially if you're questioning uh, your choices in terms of taking that leap and and being vulnerable, because I think a lot of us just have to put ourselves out there mm-hmm. and we have to just try. And it's so important to just embrace that fear, like you said, and give it a bear hug. I've been thinking about fear more like if you're driving a car, using fear as a gas pedal instead of a brake pad or a brake pedal, and just truly really moving into that. Because I think a lot of us build the plane as we fly it, so to speak, and like don't always have a plan. and you're so right about the connection and just surrounding yourself with people who are doing cool things because it creates this energy. And then you're like, Ooh, I can do cool things. And like, now I'm around like-minded people who are doing this stuff and it helps with the feeling stagnated. It helps with like the limiting beliefs of this is all I can do. And for people who just want to do private practice, that is great. But I do think so many of us wants to do so many different things, call it neurodivergence, call it shiny object syndrome, like call it whatever the hell you want. But ultimately, at the end of the day, stimulation and seeking out new opportunities are really important. Absolutely, Patrick. Yeah. And it it helps you grow, you know, not only as a clinician, therapist, helping professional, social worker, like it helped me grow in my own personal life by, you know, taking these uh, risks and, you know, really like dreaming and, and hoping beyond like what I could see. And it was amazing that people were attracted, you know, to that. And there were other people in making these amazing friendships and, you know, partnering with other colleagues and ultimately doing what I always wanted to do was help people transform, empower and change their lives. Like on a level 
I had no idea was even possible just because when I went to graduate school, like private practice was the creme de la creme, like that was it. Like you have arrived. <laughs> and I was just like, is that it really? Like, <laughs> I was like, I don't think that could like, and and that's not everyone, you know, uh, for me, it was really like isolating. Although I'm an introvert, like private practice was isolated. I enjoy connecting with others. And that's kind of a misnomer. Like introverts like people for the most part. <laughs> it's just that people can drain us and we have to be mindful of the energy pull on us because people, I think, are attracted to introverts just because they like deep, meaningful relationships. Like they're not really surface people. Like they, if they connect with you, they want to connect in a meaningful, deep way. And that can be draining. And so when you think about, oh, I'm connecting with five people that way, and then 500 and 5,000, 5 million, it's like, ooh, uh, that's a lot. And so just being mindful of like how to, you know, go back and recharge and how to use that energy to your advantage. Yeah, that's really well said. I think about a lot of extroverted introverts in a way of people who really love deep, meaningful connection like myself, but ultimately surface level artificial connection I can't do. And I think that can make me look like an asshole sometimes, but ultimately I want to be really protective of my energy so that I can focus it in the ways that feel really positive for me. And, you know, I think with all the stuff you're doing, you know, speaking at conferences, you know, you're speaking on different platforms all over the place. And it really is important, like prioritizing, right? Like family life, business life, Marquita's personal energy, like everything has to be in synchronicity. Everything has to be connected in one way or another, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. That synergy that you talked about that you get from being around others, but then there's intentionality about scheduling that time. Because again, for someone that likes a lot of things and interests are very, you can, um, you know, get, you know, easily sidetracked or you can get in a silo, you know, and during the pandemic, that definitely happened to me because I'm also working on a PhD amongst other things. And so <laughs> I was like head down trying to finish these internships. And while everybody else was like, whoa, I have so much free time. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, I feel like the walls were literally closing because now everything was, you know, at home for me. And so it took me a lot of intentionality to kind of get out of that cycle uh, so that I can begin to like re-engage with like colleagues and and schedule those lunch meetings and get creative about ways to connect because that's important and like it beats my soul. Uh, and so it helps that, that creativity like keep going. So yeah. And getting out to the why you was like amazing. So <laughs> yeah, it was great to meet you in Hawaii. And I think that the more opportunities we have like that, to travel, to experience food together, to just really connect. And I think those relationships are really meaningful and so powerful too, to see so many people doing so many cool things. And it's really inspiring to just say, it doesn't have to be one way or another. Like our pathways are all going to be unique. And that is the beauty of being a small business owner. And Tell me about, you know, I talk a lot about imposter syndrome on this podcast. I want to know how yours shows up and how it did show up throughout all of these ventures. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was like giving myself permission to like do things. It was like, oh, well, can I do that? It, and I think a lot of times it's questioning like, is it okay? Like when I added the coaching and like creating cards, like um, conversation cards, because again, Therapy had been so narrowly defined, like counseling and what, you know, and then I'm thinking like ethically. And so like clinical work had been, you know, 
really, um, it shifted so much like in the last 10 years and thinking about like, we're the newer generations and now, you know, people will be looking up to us because I've been a therapist now for 12 years. And every time I say that, it's like, wow, you've been doing this a long time. Um, but it's really like, for me, giving myself permission to do all the things and um, utilizing all the knowledge that I have. The thing I love about counseling and therapy is that we have an like just a amount of just knowledge in our heads that the common everyday person doesn't have. And the skills that we have when someone walks into our space or logs on online, like we may take that for granted and we minimize it often. And that was me too. Like, oh, you know, everybody can't do this work. And even if they have the knowledge, the hard part of it is, um, you know, what's also the invaluableness in being a therapist and being a, a counselor, being a helping professional. Like um, it's hard work, but it's hard work. So it's it's both of those. And for me, it's remembering that only I put the boundaries or any kind of barriers or roadblocks or limitations on the possibilities of what I can do. And so it's likely if I'm questioning, can I do that? I definitely should do that. <laughs> so, um, you know, and recognizing that everybody has some like part of imposter syndrome, that pause of like, nobody's done this in my family or I, I haven't seen, you know, this out in the world. And you may be that one. And it starts with the one. Like, so one person takes that leap and then the others are looking on like, oh, wow, that's, they're doing it. And although you come, you know, it's against struggles and setbacks because I've had all those, there'll be a whole nother podcast. But, um, <laughs> you know, I just really like knew if I continue to stick with it and you could start to see the little results. So I'm always about that light at the end of the tunnel and I'm very optimistic in nature anyway. Um, maybe that's what helps me with therapy is that I believe like change and healing is always just around the corner. And so for me, it's really remembering that and uh, remembering my why as to why did I start this journey and tapping into that and uh, looking forward to the future. So many good thoughts and ideas and quotes in that that segment right there i'm thinking about hard you know it's hard work but it's heart work yes. you know this is right around the corner like so many good little snippets that might be the episode title um, but you know I, what you're saying is so important and i've been talking with people more and more often about this on the podcast is like therapists have so many skills and yes. we really limit ourselves in terms of what we think we bring to the table right and i think if we ask a lot of them Hey, what do you bring? You know, what do you do well? What kind of skills do you have? It's really hard for people to name that for themselves. They're almost like, ah, uh, I don't know. I, I know I'm a good therapist. Okay, great. But what kind of skills and, you know, traits go into being a good therapist? And how can those be applicable in other aspects and journeys and ventures as a small business owner? Like, there are so many ways to help people that don't require 60 minute chunks of time one on one. And, the more we get into this work and burnout increases and people are kind of tired of screen time or whatever the case may be, I think it's important to start to recognize how much more there is to do in conjunction with doing therapy. Absolutely, Patrick. Yeah. And it, I think the creativity, like therapists are some of the most creative people I've seen, like, you know, natural problem solvers, wordsmiths, 
you know, so a lot of those talents and, and gifts and skills and abilities can be easily transformed and transferred into something else. And I like this Gandhi quote is our beliefs become our thoughts, our thoughts become our words, our words become our values, and our values become our destiny. Because I'm so like, mindful of the words that I utilize. I've always been that way. I've always loved like poetry and uh, speaking and words and just knowledge. And so really leaning into like all what encompasses you as a therapist and letting that be your superpower. Because the one thing is there are a lot of people that are therapists and counselors and helping professionals, but there's only one you. Like there's only one Marquita. A lot of therapists out there there's only one person that's going to do therapy the way that I do it, um, even regardless of the therapeutic interventions and techniques. Like, so you have that superpower, it's your like secret sauce or special flavor. Like you have that. And it's really like believing that, leaning into that and then sharing it with, you know, the world, which, you know, they're waiting. They're waiting for you. If we could have like an audio non-visual mic drop, that would be it right there after Marquita just said what she said, <laughs> but so right, you know, they are waiting for you. And I think we get so caught up in this imposter syndrome, this perfectionism of like someone else is already doing something similar to the idea that I have. So why would I try? And I want everyone to think about that. Like think about how many private practice therapists there are out there, even though the idea is the same, because like Marquita saying, you are you, there's only one of you, you have your own unique personality and the way you show up. And I think that goes with coaching, speaking, right. uh, podcast episodes, therapy, it doesn't matter. And I had my same self-limiting beliefs for so long of like, I can't start a podcast because there are other podcasts out there. What the fuck? That's ridiculous. Like, I can't be a private practice coach because there are other private practice coaches out there. And again, we attract and repel, right? Like, right. we are going to attract people based on how we share, how we walk through this uh, life and how we kind of put ourselves out there. So I think we really have to embrace that as a superpower and start to recognize that we all have unique offerings that can really be used to support other people. Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. When we think in the grocery store, the amount of, you know, varieties of bread or water, bottled water, you know, it's like, oh yeah, that makes plenty of sense. Like it's like, oh yeah, that, you know, that makes sense. Or you think about car dealerships or, you know, nail salons, like there are a lot of them and waffle houses, like they're, there are two Waffle Houses literally in the neighborhood. Like they built one literally like you could throw a rock. I'm like, why don't you get a Waffle House right there? Like there are literally two Waffle Houses like in a very close proximity, like a, a second, a few seconds from each other, it feels like. And so in that, I think that's a part, as you said, Patrick, of limiting beliefs, like too many people are doing it. And it's like, no, really? Is that what you're using to talk yourself out of your destiny? Like, nah. Um, or the perfectionism, which that was a part for me being an author, like my first um, book, I was stuck. Like I, I write stuff for fun. Like I'm that person. I have tons of notebooks everywhere, just full of my thoughts, full of things that come, you know, to me in therapy while I'm doing a session or while I'm driving or when I drink, I wake up with thought. And so it's just like, really? So you're just doing nothing with all of that. And I've had to hire a book coach and there's no shame in my game. Like I, I had to hire a coach because I was stuck and I wasn't stuck for months. Like I was stuck for years. I had done a podcast talking about this book that I was publishing. I had even 
done a book signing event with no book. Imagine had tons of people fly in and show up. It was amazing. I love that event. Um, and no book. And so for me, it was just like, okay, like this is beyond just like uh, a little bit of a problem. And I'm like, it's not a writing problem. I have the content, but it was me sitting down with those thoughts, like going through it and combing over it and editing and worrying about, oh, I'm publishing this. Like people can go back and actually reference this one <laughs> and look at this like, oh, what are people going to think? Like, and uh, like, I'm a therapist. So is this going to be good enough? Like, is it going to be a New York's bestseller? Or is it just going to collect dust? Like all of these thoughts. And it was just like, Mark, we get the book done. What, what are you doing? And my coach was just like, it doesn't have to be perfect but it needs to be finished. And he was like, really, it doesn't even have to be finished. He was like, you can write a book and just like write another one, like to be continued. I was like, you could do that. <laughs> and yeah, so that really helped me like push it. And I was just like, hit submit it and just do it. And, you know, now I'm writing a second book. So <laughs> obviously it wasn't like, you know, earth shattering hard, but you know, you had to get through that barrier or that uh, roadblock for me. Powerful. And I always preach that, that it can't be perfect. It just has to be visible. It just has to exist because it never will be perfect, right? Like we could go back and revise and edit and, and change it a million times, but we can convince ourselves that it is not good enough to put out to the world, but that's our shit, right? Like that's not everything else. It's just us saying, hey, I don't want to be seen this way. I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't think it'll be good enough. Someone's going to critique it maybe. And yeah. it's like, yeah, that's that's real. And that can happen. Like, I'm not going to lie. I check my podcast reviews. I'm like, who's saying negative shit out there, you know? <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like, that's not why I'm doing this. So right. I think it's much more about just having the information out there because that's what feels useful for us as, you know, creators. And Good for you for just allowing yourself to work through that and and now writing a second one. It, it's really remarkable to hear that because I've been stuck on my book. So I'm probably going to be messaging you for your book coach information. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're inspiring me to do this podcast idea. I've been sitting on like all these podcasts. Like I don't need to do a podcast too, but I love podcasts. It's, it's one of my favorite ways to speak. One is because I don't have to get dressed up, <laughs> you know, makeup and <laughs> hair and all of this. I'm like, I could just, you know. <laughs> no one's going to see either of us right, right now. Right. Like me sitting in my dad's shitty uh, extra office. And like, you know, at the end of the day, we prevent ourselves from doing these things for so long. Yeah, I wanted to start this podcast for almost two years. And then one day I just put it out there. I'm like, I'm starting it. Like I told my VA, let's figure it out. And I'm not going to lie to anyone listening. I have never listened to a podcast. I've never listened to my podcast. I've never listened to an episode on anyone else's podcast that I've been on. Sorry, y'all, but I'm still creating it and people are still <laughs> listening. So, like, you know, that's a good example of how you just need to put yourself out there to the world. There you go. Patrick, Jerry Velfel, start that podcast, right? <laughs> start that podcast, write that book, put yourself out there for conference engagements. Like Marquita has some... Um, some trainings on how to kind of get booked and how to get some speaking engagements going. So there are so many resources out there to do the things that you've been dreaming of, but you've been holding yourself back from because of the narrative that you're not good enough or your information isn't as qualified as somebody else's. Just put it out there. I hope, you know, that's always been the message of this podcast and hopefully people can really embrace that. And it's just powerful to see people doing these things. Like 
you inspire me because I bought your course, like your little recording course of like how to get more speaking engagements. I'm not going to lie. I haven't opened the email yet, but like it's in my inbox. (laughs) And that is a goal. You know, one day I want to get more of those. And I know you want, you're doing that too. And, you know, all of these things, I think we just have to get out of our own ways a lot of the time. True. That is so true because people are willing to buy it, purchase, support you, share your information, but you have to create it. Like you create it and the people that are supposed to be attracted to what you're offering will come. And uh, it's like trusting that process. Like what we tell our clients, all the stuff we tell our clients, it's like, yeah, do all of that. (laughs) We are so bad about not practicing what we preach as therapists and like, being like, oh, I can give that advice to a friend or a colleague or a client, but me? Hell no, I don't deserve that advice or I can't take that advice. You know, like it can't work for me. Right. Yeah. Offer yourself that same, like, you know, kindness, that same patience and, you know, really believing that you can do it. And like uh, Patrick was saying, I, I still check my Amazon reviews. Like somebody gave me four stars. Like, what is that about? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I think a part of being a therapist is, you know, we struggle a bit with perfectionism, like wanting things to come out great and, you know, perfect. But, you know, we can procrastinate too on things by wanting this perfect idea. And so that's why it took this book so long. And people were literally, I have money to buy this book. Where is the book? (laughs) I'm working on it, you know. And it's like, okay, for the last time someone listened to my podcast like episode from years ago and emailed me like where to purchase the book I said I'm so tired of people asking for this book like I have to get it done <laughs> like I have to get this book done just to say here's the link <laughs> because it's a reminder like I said I was going to do something and that's a core value for me like commitment like I see things through that's a part of who I am and so It was also, you know, for me, a reminder that you're not seeing this through and we need to remove whatever barriers in your way that's blocking you from um, adhering to a core value of yours. Like my commitment, my word is my word. And so for me, that was also like a a huge kind of light bulb or aha moment. I love that. I hope everyone can hear that and, and really embrace that, you know, like. I think for so many of us, that's kind of the process is putting it out there, then holding ourselves accountable to it by doing so. That's anything I've ever created. This podcast, my practice building, like my retreat in Ireland, I put it out there. I didn't even know what the hell I was doing. I just put it out there and was like, oh, people are interested. I guess I need to build the landing page, find the retreat venue, figure out the catering, like figure out how much I'm going to charge. I created a landing page, sent it out. My VA was like, you just did that incorrectly. Now I have to spend all week and fix it. And like, it's sold out, right? And like, that's the reality is like, we just have to put our ideas out there and get over our own stuff sometimes and work through it really hard to allow ourselves to just be vulnerable and to be brave in terms of how we move in the world. And somebody's waiting for it. I think that's that's the other part of it. Just like with your therapy, like, I started looking at, I spent all this time in school, like I'm a lifelong learner. I spent years and a lot of money, not to mention. And so like, I had to even deal with the money mindset of sometimes like, I'm going to spend what on, you know, this conference or this retreat. And then I started thinking about these student loans that I ranked up. And although, you know, I'm very grateful for my education, it's opened up, you know, plenty of doors. But it's an enormous amount of money. <laughs> and so I started, <laughs> you know, shifting my money mindset a bit. It's like, you can spend this on like one course and 
you know, going to a conference like where I met Patrick, um, where I met so many amazing people, like it may have been, you know, a couple of thousands of dollars. Like I had to take off work. I, you know, had to get childcare and doggy care together. I'm a dog mom too. So I had to arrange all of that, which in of itself being a single entrepreneur mom is like, yeah, that's enough work. But I'm like, if I did all of that, like that's done. I'm definitely going to like Hawaii or Ireland or whatever. Like I definitely Maui um, on my way. So for me, it was really about making those um, like cost analysis benefits and really investing in myself because I'm always going to pay dividends. Like the knowledge, the connections that I gained there were invaluable. Like there's no way I could have done all of that while sitting here in Georgia, like doing something virtually. Like being in that space to me was so important and so um, fulfilling and really life-changing. It, you know, it was worth, if someone said $10,000, like it would have been worth every single penny. I love that. I really, really love that. And it's such a good reframe too, to recognize like sometimes we have to really invest in ourselves by spending the money. And the return on investment is so huge because as entrepreneurs, we are the vessel in our business, right? Like, so we need to be able to support ourselves. And if that means surrounding yourselves in really powerful environments like that, spending the money on the coaching, spending the money on the course, like whatever you need to do to see that long-term return on investment. And that doesn't mean it's going to be a short-term return on investment. It hardly ever is. But the amount of empowerment and motivation and momentum and personal growth and connection, those are invaluable. And if I hadn't gone to Hawaii, Marquita and I would not be sitting here doing this conversation because we have to put ourselves in situations and environments that are out of our comfort zones to be able to meet like-minded people, to be able to support one another and really re-energize ourselves too. And I think that's the most powerful part of all of these connections because you're right, like COVID happens, we're in our homes, our heads are down, we're working in our businesses, don't talk to another fucking human being all day. And connection is so important. Connection is so crucial in, in these industries. And I think just being able to build each other up too, because I believe that your success is my success and vice versa. And we're going to support one another through our journeys. Yeah. And there's like being around people where you don't feel like it's all competitive, like, oh, I can't share this or ooh. like, yeah, um, that's not me. So someone's like, oh, Marquita, like, how did you book speaking? I'm like, oh, here you go. Like, what about it? Like, not share this information. Someone likely shared it with me or at least pointed me in the right direction. And so for me, like giving back is rent for living. Uh, it's our ability to expand and grow. And like Patrick was talking about, like, I don't know who is in his circle and, you know, people that are going to be attracted to what he has, but, you know, I want to help support his vision and support his dreams. And it's so, and he can do the same and other colleagues. And that way we grow and we touch all these millions of lives that we never knew would come, you know, through our counseling door or virtually office. Like there's only so many people we could see. Like I was like, you're limited in that capacity. Like there are only certain many, many hours in a day. And of those hours that you want to spend or need to spend seeing clients, but by starting that podcast or writing that book or you know, creating that course or becoming a coach, like you'll reach even more, you know, even more. So that's kind of like the icing on the cake. That's a good finishing note. I have so many quotes from you that I have to now consider like so many episode titles. I'm like, damn, Marquita, like 
you're blowing my mind over here and i i love it um you know i want to just shout marquita out because she's got so much going on juggling a lot clearly so passionate about what she does and who she helps i got to see her speak at the conference in hawaii and that was really powerful um and like just continue to really be excited to see where your career takes you and to see where this journey leads you to because you're helping so many people in one way or another um i do want to have you just tell everyone where people can find more of you and how they can book your services and what you offer so please feel free to take that time yes thank you so much much patrick for having me on the all things private practice uh podcast and um you can follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook at Millennial Dating Coach. Um, you can check out my website at uh, MillennialDatingCoach.com or MillennialC, the number three, dot com. Um, I offer speaking coach services. So to help really empower specifically therapists and counselors, you know, around the arena of utilizing their voice and platform that they have to share it with the masses and really make money. Uh, <laughs> interesting enough for something that you, you're you already doing kind of one-on-one. And um, I have my book. So B12, Being the One, The Relationship Vitamin. It's on Amazon. So you can go grab it and give me a review <laughs> too. That'll be nice. And my new book is launching hopefully in March of this year. Um, and this one is really special to me because it's sharing how I book over 100 speaking engagements in one year. Not necessarily advise it for someone, but if you're interested, like, I'll tell you how I did it. <laughs> and um, it's like the introvert's playbook. So really utilizing your superpower of connection as an introvert and storyteller. So introverts can be really great storytellers just because, again, they like that deep, meaningful connection and relationship. And they like to paint a picture and really get you... Um, there in that space with them of uh, an experience. So uh, definitely check that out. It's on pre-sale. Now I have some relationships and dating conversation cards and affirmation cards that I created, which can make great gifts uh, for your relationship um, or for clients. So it can really help you uh, in that way. And uh, I think that's about it. Uh, all I can remember anyway. But uh, Patrick, thank you again for having me here. It's been an absolute joy. This is probably one of the more enjoyable podcast episodes I've done. So this was awesome. And I'm going to put all of Marquita's information in the show notes so people can find all of that information. Uh, if you are going to leave a review for her book, make sure it's five stars. You know, that's the way it's got to be. <laughs> but <laughs> I do want to thank Marquita again. Uh, really powerful stuff. Uh, check all the things out that she's doing and follow her on social media for more information. If you want to learn more about me, book coaching services, take the four-month private practice coaching program with other therapists throughout the country, be a guest on the podcast, join my Facebook group. The website is allthingspractice.com. The podcast is All Things Private Practice, and the Facebook group is All Things Private Practice. And releasing new episodes every Monday and helping you kind of feel empowered, work through vulnerability, work through imposter syndrome, and just take the leap and bet on yourself. See you next week. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.